Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks. Welcome to the second hour of the Garden Hotline. I'll be giving you a tip of the trial shortly, but right now you can get queued up. Or in the quay by calling 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 with any of your questions or concerns or whatever it happens to be. And, Maria, this is your last weekend, huh? Yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. At least on this show. So. <laughs> Our total information. Yes, so for the weekends. Doing, yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And, you know, so what's happening? Uh, I'm just going to go... Monday through Friday, start doing traffic. So, it's it, which I actually did several years ago. So, really, I'm kind of going back to that. Yeah. So, traffic meaning like what's happening on Highway 70, yes. 40, 64, yeah. 55, you know, what's <laughs> happening downtown because of the parade or whatever. It exactly. Is. And what streets are closed off. And, wow. Yeah, so. We. So, so, congratulations. Thank you. Is that a, like a step up? Yes. It's full time now. So, well, do you get any, did you get any special benefits? Like, can you bring your dogs to work? No, what? I still can't do that. I thought maybe you could. Yeah, no, that would be <laughs> that would be a real perk to be able to do that. At least for me, I don't know about everybody else. So, are you? I mean, that's I mean, that's great. So, this is probably the one step, and then it's CEO of CBS. Close? No, I don't think so. No. I didn't know how this whole you know sort of corporate thing works here. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not my ambition. <laughs> and do you get a new name tag or anything? No, no new really? name tag. No, man, oh man. no. There's not too many benefits here. No dogs, no new no name dogs, tag. No dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, it's been great fun. It has been great fun with so. you. And hopefully, I know Brian Kelly, he doesn't have curly hair, so it's not going to be quite the same as talking to somebody else with curly hair. Oh, I know. We have that sort of bond. Exactly. That's what started <laughs> out right from the very beginning. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, it was always great fun, and uh, thanks a lot for all your help through the years. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's been you. great. And, folks, thanks for having me on your show. Give a call, and we can talk about plant selections, the ups and downs, and all arounds of your annuals. As I said before, pansies are starting. The flower size is getting smaller. They're starting to elongate. That's because the weather is getting warmer. Your bulbs Oh, the bulbs. It was such a great year for all the spring flowering bulbs. But about half mine have finished flowering, so I've cut those spent flowers off and just left the foliage until it turns about half brown. The edibles, the ground covers, the house plants, the lawn, the perennials, roses, shrubs, trees, vines, or water gardens. I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, comments, and opinions are not the only garden path to take, but strictly offered for you to consider. Matt's producing today. Matt, unfortunately, has allergies worse than me. So right now he is very allergic. <laughs>
<laughs> and I'm very sympathetic because I've had bad allergies all my life. One of my worst allergies is pollen from maple trees, which the sugar maples right outside our house are in bloom now. So it is like horrible. And I grew up in Maple Lane in Ellisville. So <laughs> sneezing and coughing and everything else. I wonder if my parents tried to torture me. They knew I had these allergies. No, I don't know what it was. But anyway, so I grew up with that. If you'd like to have me come to your home and do a walk and talk, that's a landscape consultation where I come to your home, answer your questions or anything else that you have in mind, and also keep my eyes, ears, and nose open, like if you have pollen or whatever, uh, for other situations that may be you know, related to your landscape. So this can be aesthetic or problem-solving or both. I was at a house uh, the other day out in Creevecore, and I said, why don't you just eliminate some of these beds? Because they wanted to reduce the amount of maintenance they had. I said, this bed right here really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why not just you know, convert it back into lawn? So those are the kind of – I have no qualms about – I don't have any plant material. I don't have anything else to sell other than my adjectives, you know, solving people's problems. So anyway – Tip of the trial is a special recognition for individual group or situation that's made an impression on me. It's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Well, tip of the trial goes out to the Rose Society of St. Louis, which next week is going to be meeting at, guess where? You'll never guess it. Up in Florissant at the John R. Thompson Rose Garden at the Florissant Civic Center. And that's at 1 James J. Egan. And Randy Hoffman, who worked with me at the Botanical Garden, he's going to be having a seminar on pruning roses. Pruning roses is, if you're into them, whether you've been doing it for a long time or just a short period of time, pruning really makes a big difference. So Randy's going to be there, and it's going to be from 10 to 12 next week. That's April 22nd at the James R. Thompson Rose Garden at the Florissant Civic Center. So if you're interested, it's open to the public. You don't have to be a member of the Rose Society or anything else, but uh, you might be really smart to take that class on the rose pruning. Also coming up on May 6th, the Crest Farm Garden Preserve, which is down in Hillsborough, is having a plant sale from 8 to two, rain or shine, credit cards are accepted. They're going to have annuals, perennials, vegetables, herbs, ferns, cactus, succulents, daylilies, trees, and shrubs. So all kinds of stuff going on there, and that's the Crest Farm Garden Preserve. So that's really a very important uh, situation. And then later on, that's going to be in June, June 3rd, the Jefferson County Garden Tour is happening. So you can go for the Crest Family, <laughs> Crest not Crest Family, Crest Farm Garden Preserve, you can go to their website. That's www.crestcressfarm.org. And that's when it says .org, that means it's a not-for-profit organization related to the plant sale, which is coming up in May, and the Jefferson County Garden Tour, which is coming up in June. So, again, www.crestkressfarm.org for information about that. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX. Yes, folks, to the phones we go, and our first call is going to be from New Baden, Illinois, and that's Steve. Steve, how are you today? Just fine. Hey, I got a quick question. I have a well-established zoysia yard and had some Roundup drift on it about five weeks ago or so. 
and didn't really notice it until like you recommend every year is to give it a good crew cut uh, before it starts greening up. And then I noticed some, some areas starting to green up and then others did not. But then when I get down into the looking in the ground, I do see some spears coming out of those dead areas. Could it be that that uh, zoysia was not fully killed or if the stuff that I'm I'm assuming since it was such an early, early or warm spring that it had started to green up already, but could it be that some of those uh, roots are growing back out that, that uh, weren't out of the ground? Or how, what, what's your thought on something well, like that? Well, that certainly could be the case because the Roundup has hit specifically on the blades. And it's not to say it won't kill, you know, dormant plant material. But, you know, over the wintertime, all that brown stuff, that tan stuff that Zoiza has, those blades are not functional. They, you know, as you know, if you've grown it for a while, they just, you know, they don't green back up or anything else. And the new growth comes off the root system. So if the Roundup, you know, hit the ground and there wasn't any kind of green blades of the Zoiza there, then the Roundup really wouldn't do too much. Now, it, you know, it'd have to go down through the thatch and everything else to get to the root systems so i wouldn't be overly concerned you can take a look at the blades that are coming up and then an area where you know the roundup didn't hit and see if the blades are similar but my guess is you're probably okay now would you recommend i've already put fertilizer down yesterday just the the same zoysia fertilizer i've used for years right but in those areas would you recommend or would it just be a waste of money to give it a little extra nitrogen just to try and promote a little bit more vigorous early growth? Uh, I wouldn't. No, I would not do that. What I might do is if it's still looking kind of brownish, just go out there with a leaf rake and rake any kind of debris out of those spots. Okay. Yeah, because that's one thing, too. I mean, it, it definitely is always the grass coming back up. And okay. I was just afraid that the stuff that was up, that that might translocate back through the root system since it is a, a systemic killer. But uh, you're thinking, oh, the stuff that is coming up, eventually it'll, it'll take off and uh, spread out again then in those areas. Right, exactly, because the Roundup has to be you know, applied to active growth. And so consequently, the fact that Roundup was, let's say, dripped or whatever in, this, in a, any location you know, a period of time ago, that's not going to affect anything unless, it's, you know, okay. unless it was affected at that time. Well, no, we'll just give it time, and then I'm... I'm sure the rest of the yard will all catch up to the stuff that's growing good now. So thank you. Yep. And if not, then you can always just buy, you know, some Zoiza plugs and just plug them into those spots or a piece of Zoiza side and cut it into pieces yourself. Thanks, Steve. And now let's go to Betty's yard and Creve Core. Betty, how are you today? Fine. How are you? Very good. Good. Uh, I just discovered uh, that I have about 15 holes uh, in my backyard. And as far as I know, they were not there last year. And uh, I don't believe it's mold because it doesn't have the raised-up yard. Right. But the, they're, uh, some of them are like 2 inches across, and then some of them are as big as 11 and 12 inches across. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, I don't know uh, what's causing that. Now, there was no, no piles of dirt or anything no, where these uh, holes are. Just a plain, you know, plain hole in the yard. And like I said, it, it, the ground isn't raised up anywhere. And I don't see anything out there. I would have to think there's something. Do you have a fence around your yard? Uh, well, yeah, but I have a big backyard. Okay. Because there's got to be something coming in digging in the nighttime. So, I mean, oh. I can't see any. There's not going to be something that's going to dig a, a hole that's 10 or 11 inches across. I mean, that's huge. You don't, don't have, have a, a dog, dog, do you? No. Uh-uh. Okay. No. 
So I would think, you know, it's got to be some kind of wildlife or something coming into your yard. And I'm not saying it is skunks, but skunks can come in because one of their major things that they like to eat is grubs. That's not to say you have grubs or earthworms or anything like that. But this has got to be some kind of animal. This is not like a mole type thing if the hole is that big. Mole tunnels, they pop up the surface. That's when they're looking for food, but also they have a lower tunnel below that. But when they dig the lower tunnel, they push dirt up to the surface. So if there was piles of dirt there, then I could kind of understand. But just holes, you know, dug, I think it's got to be, you know, like I said, some kind of wildlife type thing. What is it, the the bee, a mud diver or something like that that digs holes in the yard? Well, they can, and also even uh, earthworms can push up soil. But no mud dauber or anything is going to dig a hole as big as you've described. Oh, okay. Never. Well, I'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, you could do that or just go out there and get get something to infill these holes, mix it in with the existing soil, and see what happens in those spots. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I thought maybe that might be, you know, a way to to find out what's causing it. Right. And so get like a, you know, a topsoil compost mix. You know, you can get that in bags like in St. Louis composting and just fill these holes. But just don't fill the hole. Shovel it in and mix it in with the existing soil. Okay. Okay, thank you. Yep. Yep. And wow, that is pretty wild. Let's go out to O'Fallon, Illinois, into Phil's yard. Hi, Phil. Or I'm sorry, Paul. Yes. This is Paul. How are you? Very good. Hey, I've got a situation. Two years ago, I was getting the backyard, uh, what do you call it, uh, filled up with all nice grass and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were sawing it in. And right toward the end of the project, he says, Paul, you've got enough grass growth here that we can put topsoil on and feed it, and it'll come out real good. So I took that suggestion, and lo and behold, that year, I have a sprinkling system. That year, it was very, very hot. And all the barren spots grew uh, Bermuda grass in there. What is the best way of getting rid of that and getting the regular grass back in? Basically, you're going to have to go after it with like a grass killer or Roundup or something like that. There's nothing else that you're going to be able to do. And apparently this topsoil these people brought in, this has probably, you know, had the Bermuda seed in it. Would That's be... exactly what I said, and he denied it, and we went into a lot of arguments, but I'm not the type of person that uh, has got kind of money to sue anybody, and right. I'm not intending to do that. Yeah, that was now, bad I've advice. Hired, I've, hired, I've hired somebody else, and his plan is to overkill that area. Right. And bring back a sod cutter after, with, you know, after they spray it. Yep. Come back with a sod cutter and cut one or two inches off, and then refill it and put uh, grass seeds in there. You can put Is grass seed work? or you sod back in that spot, but that makes much more sense. I mean, this concept of just dumping topsoil on top of grass and expecting it to do well is totally wrong. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know, it's it's hard to argue with people. It's got money so <laughs> how do you how do you combat that you know what i'm saying right. no, I, mean, I understand completely. or what do you do i mean it doesn't you don't win either way no that's right it's gonna cost, it's gonna cost you no matter what so right i i got out of my contract with those people and 
found somebody else, and he said, well, here's what we're going to do. Okay, well, great. Thanks, Paul. And uh, Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, let's stay close to KMOX here in St. Louis and go into Margie Yard. She lives in St. Louis. Hi, Margie. Good morning. I just have a quick question. Um, oh, but first I want to say how much we love Maria Kina and we'll miss her very much on the weekends. Yes, I agree. Yes. Um, okay, so is this a good time to prune away dead branches from your dogwood? Any kind of dead branches, yes. Regardless of dogwood, yeah. redbud, crabapple, or anything else, or if it's larger trees, have a tree service come out. But dead wood is not really good. People say, well, it's dead. What difference is it going to make? It's an attractant to insects. It can, you know, have a crack in it, let water and moisture into the, you know, the tree trunk. So, yes, get, them, get anything out that doesn't have any leaves or slash flowers on them. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Margie. And Maria will appreciate your comment. Jo- Joanne lives in South County. Hi, Joanne. Hi there. How are you? Very good. Yeah. Ditto about Maria. She's darling. Anyway, I bought... Are you there? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I bought a uh, gardenia tree a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. full of buds. It's doing nothing. <laughs> and I'm getting a few <laughs> little yellow leaves. Yeah. Wrong thing to buy. Yeah, garden, you know, gardenia plants look great in nurseries, but yeah. boy, as soon as they see a car, they start freaking out, and as soon as they get to their new home, they even freak out more. Oh shoot! What do I do? Uh, basically, they like acidic fertilizer, so okay. you know the yellowing leaves. If they're not at the end of the branches or anything, that's just you know coming from the ideal oasis Garden of Eden type circumstance of a garden uh-huh. center wherever you bought it. You know, into your home is going to be a tough transition. Uh-huh. I w- if you can, okay. if you have a spot, I would put it outside in a shaded location and get this acid-loving you know plant fertilizer and fertilize okay. it. But I would not expect any of these flowers to open up for you. Really? Yeah. Oh, I wanted to wear a gardenia tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> oh well, okay. I mean, well, <laughs> just wear the bud. You don't have to wear the flower. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're cute. Some of them are huge, and I'm thinking, oh, tomorrow they'll be open. Yeah, so, they, I mean, they may. I mean, I'm just, I'm sort of like being the real pessimist in this, you know, in this circumstance. Uh, but uh-huh, I just know the uh-huh. history of these things, and I've, you know, fooled around with them a couple times. But uh, you know, the, generally that acclimation from a garden center into a home is really uh-huh. tough. So, oh uh, well. My loss, I guess. Thank you so much, and have a happy Easter. You do the very same thing. And again, if you got a you know a shaded spot out in your yard that you can just set it, that would be the ideal thing to do with it. And with the gardenias, definitely don't overwater, but you don't want them to get drought stressed either because of, they have nice, glossy, great leaves, and the flowers are very fragrant, pure white. So let's go now from South County, very close to Fenton, and that's where Art lives. Hi, Art. Yes, I have. Uh been putting on uh, chickweed. I've been putting on killer. weed killer for that, and it's been on for a day, say, for three cuttings, and then I can use it in my compost pile. <laughs> Do you believe that? I would not put any kind of chickweed in my compost pile because the the plant technically may be dead, but that does not mean that the seeds that are where the white flowers used to be are dead as a result of, you know, ki- let's say killing it. So if you put it in a compost pile, if you cook your compost just right, 
it could certainly make it so that you know the chickweed seeds you know are killed through the whole composting process. But if you don't do it exactly right, you may be when you pull that back out just bringing a chickweed farm with you. Because I want to put them in my azaleas, which I don't want nothing bad in there. Right. I would say uh, I'd be very cautious about doing that. Okay. Thank you. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, chickweed is just absolutely brutal. So for people that don't know that, the chickweed, I've got, yeah, I've, I've been battling a lot of the weeds. I've been using herbicides. I've been hand digging for the years, you know, since we moved to our, you know, the home we're living in now. And the chickweed, I always think, okay, it's all gone and everything else. But, you know, there's always a few, and it can come in on the feet of, you know, dogs, people walking their dogs through the neighborhood. It can come on the shoes of somebody that walks through a yard that has it, and then they walk across, you know, something in your yard, like the area between the sidewalk and street, all kinds of different ways it can be brought in. So if you do have any questions yourself, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's go back over to Illinois and go into Joe's yard in Maryville. Hi, Joe. Hello, Mike. Good morning. Hi. I got a comment on the uh, the beer yard. <laughs> on KMOX, about I guess it's been thirty, thirty-five, maybe a few more years. In the afternoon, they had a guy. I think he referred to himself as a happy gardener. Lots of organic stuff, and he was heck on hose-in sprayers, and he would come up with. Uh, uh, concoctions. I remember one. You put a little beer and soda and dish soap and a few, maybe a couple <laughs> drops of ammonia, and spray it all over your yard. That's where that came from. Now, right. I don't have an internet, don't have a computer, so I don't know anything about that. But that goes back to that. And uh, I did. Well, I was just wondering, is that a good thing to do? Mix up beer and soda and dish soap and and spray it on your yard does that work i would say it would be just a waste of time why not just buy something (laughs) if you you want to do it like i said if you want to have a big party invite all your friends over get drunk and they'll spill beer all over the place this guy was on kim wicks in the afternoon and a real gregarious sort of fellow and that's that may be maybe some of your old time uh, uh, listeners would remember this all that goes back to that oh well that's great (laughs) <laughs> Good well, morning. Thanks. I'll see you, Mike. Yep. Bye. And now let's go from Maryville, Illinois, up to Florissant into Susan's yard. Hi, Susan. Hi. Um, I'm looking to um, plant something up against the back of my house. It's, say, 15 feet of it, two uh, boxes about two and a half, three feet uh, deep. And I'm looking for something to put in there that will come back every year that's kind of contained, um, not real wild, um, but flowers, flowering. Is this in a sunny location or shady? It's very sunny. I would say something that's not going to get very large, that has a very nice texture. Look at a a plant called Coryopsis, C-O-R-E-O-P-S-I-S, and look at the variety Moonbeam. O-P what? C O R P core C O R E O P S I S and the variety moonbeam. Just take a look at that particular plant, and it it blooms for an extended period of time. It starts uh, weather dependent sometime late May, early June, will bloom all the way up until frost. Okay, and how tall does that get? It gets about to eighteen inches. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yep. And Mike Miller, KMYS Garden Hotline, back after these messages. 
Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, we're going to go to the phones in just a second, but uh, remember anything that flowers in the springtime, whether shrub tree or anything else, prune it you know, after the flowering is finished and then do a low analysis tree and shrub food on it as well. This is not the regular shade trees or anything else. These are the flowering ornamental type trees. So now let's go to the phones. Let's jump to Edwardsville, which is not very far away, and go into Judy's yard. Hi, Judy. Hi. Um, I have two questions. One is in one of my perennial beds, I have been fighting what I call a chameleon plant. Um, It's a tuber. It goes underground and it pops up with these pretty little multicolored leaves, um, but it spreads like wildfire. It's difficult to pull. It's difficult to get at the roots because it is, and it's just taking over. Right. And I've been fighting it for probably five years um, and spend a lot of time fighting it. Is there any solution other than just digging everything up, including my beautiful flowers that are there? Yeah, I mean, that unfortunately was sold as a ground cover, and nobody realized how horrible and invasive it was going to be. What yeah. you can do is rather than pulling or doing anything else, is just go out there with like a jar and put Roundup in the jar and just crush the leaves, as you see, of this chameleon plant and then paint the Roundup right onto the individual leaves. I know that's going to be you know painful, but that will send the Roundup down through the stem, down through the underground rhizome of the root system, and you know that's about the only way you're going to get rid of it. Other than you know, like you said, pulling everything out, and then you're still going to have to go back after yeah. it, you know, with Roundup. Yeah, yeah, I've done that a few times. Okay, I'll try the crushing and and painting. Yeah. Okay, and then my second question is: my soil is extremely clay soil. And um, every time I plant something new, years ago when I was an avid gardener, I had a mix that I, I would pull the clay out and discard it, and then I would put this nice mix in and plant something. And I did that, and as my garden grew, my dirt got better. Right. But I have forgotten what that mix is, and I was wondering if you could refresh my memory. Well, it could be just a mix of topsoil and compost together. Or okay. you can just bring in compost and mix it in with your clay soils. Okay. No, did I have peat? I remember something fluffy kind of, but I don't know if that's good. You don't really need that. I mean, the compost is going to have everything that you actually need. So, I mean, if you want to make a blend, that's fine. But like I said, you're in Edwardsville. You can go down to Belleville and just get, I mean, St. Louis Composting has it in bags or in bulk, uh, this topsoil compost mix. Uh It might be easier for you to, you know, go to North County. But just go online, stlcompost.com, and then, you know, check out the topsoil compost mix or the raised bed mix. Either one will work for you. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, and don't, you you know, you don't have to get rid of the clay soil. Mix it in with the existing soil. That's a better thing for the overall plant health. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. Yep. And let's go to Roxy, and she lives in Milstad. Hi, Roxy. Hello, Mike. Hi. I really enjoy your show. And my question is this. We have a 40-year-old yard that's become very, very lumpy. My husband really complains when he mows. And our soil, I know, is very poor because we live on a small lake and everything that was pulled out is is our topsoil. So it's very clay. Sure. And I wondered, is there anything we can do this type of this time of year, or is this a big project for the fall? Or and then who do I call? Because <laughs> I know it's going to take a professional to do this. Right. So. 
I would, you know, I would go to your favorite garden center, but you can do it a couple different ways. You can have the whole yard regraded. Probably, it might, if you're on a, you know, if you're really on the lake, it may be just erosion, yeah. underground erosion, and things like that. And it's going to be something that, uh, you know, you can't really do a whole lot with. You might just have to live with it, have some coriation done, follow with composting, and you know, just it's not going to level it out. But there's not really a whole lot you can honestly do. Oh, okay. I mean, you could have somebody come in and regrade it and do all this other stuff and have a giant sea of mud for months and months and months. Whether it was done in the spring or the fall, it doesn't really matter. But I don't know if that's really what you want to have to deal with because in a few years you're going to end up back where you are now. Okay. Because <laughs> it's even in the front yard that right. it's really bad. So. Right. Okay, well, we'll just keep living with it, I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Tell them to set the mower high and just, uh, you know, this is the sort of the fact of life. Okay, well, thank you for your comments. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, you, like I said, you could have it all really redone and all this other stuff, but my guess is it's not going to last for a long time. Now, if you're going to move in a couple of years, sure, why not? But let's go to Maryland Heights now. And Jeannie, how are you today? I'm okay if you're talking to me. Yes. <laughs> uh, the sun's shining, so I'm good. Great. Um, I was calling about, um, number one, a butterfly bush. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a miniature butterfly bush, and I've had it about six years. Sometimes I've cut it back. Sometimes I haven't because I really didn't know what I was supposed to do. Right. Um, what is the procedure for that? And then also I was just going to share the gentleman that was on many moons ago uh, on Camelox with Jerry Baker. Ah. And to that gentleman, um, if he doesn't have a computer or something, I know he wrote several books, too, so maybe he could get them at the li- local library. That's very true. Jerry Baker. Yeah, and he could actually go to the local library, and they have computers there you can use. Oh, that's true. <laughs> But with a butterfly bush, since it's a summer bloomer, you can prune it all the way up after it finishes flowering due to the cold weather in the fall. You can prune it then, or you can prune it in the springtime before the new growth begins. That's really all you need to do. They're very tough, very durable, but they want to be in hot, dry sun all day long every day. Right, and that's where it is. Great. But how far back do you, I mean, do you say... How far back do you prune? Well, I don't ever like to prune more than a half. Really, a third is okay. what my line. But, she, I mean, since it's a miniature, I don't know if you even need to prune it. In the springtime, when the leaves come out and everything else, if there's tips of the branches that don't have any leaves, cut those off. But you don't really have to prune. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yep. And, Enjoy your show. Well, have a good you. Easter. You Bye. do the very same thing. And Jerry in Troy, Illinois, could you do it kind of quick? Hello. Hi. Hi. I, uh, well, some of the questions may have been answered that I had, but I'm going to run through them quickly. Uh, uh, my ground, my, in my garden, uh, <clears throat> the ground gets so hard, uh, <clears throat> that it doesn't drain well. And if I go to pull like a green onion out of the garden, uh, it, I'll pull the green right off the, the bulb because the ground is so hard. Right. Uh, um, I thought about mixing some sand in. No, don't, don't do, do that. that. Mix compost. Sand is not going to really work because sand and clay soil together, because it sounds like you have clay, bakes up in the summertime to be bricks. So no, don't do. Don't put sand. Okay, you you answered that question with a lady about three colors before me. One one other thing, real quick, like um, moles. My gosh, the moles are 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 invading my yard. Right. right. You, you can, can use, use you know mole repellents. 
like the one by Bonide, or you can actually use set mold traps on the active tunnel areas. So, Jerry, we got to go. Sorry, but uh, you can give us a call back next week if you have some more questions. And Debbie and Vivian, we're not going to be able to have a chance to talk to you today, but uh, I'll be back next week unless I'm going to get fired. I don't know. Who knows? You never know what's going to happen in this real world. But other things that you should be looking at in your landscape, if you, if you overbought, well, I, let me skip that one. Your spring flowering bulbs, I'm going to go back over this again. Once the flowers are finished, you don't have to cut those off, but you should fertilize because you want to build up the health of the f- bulb underneath the ground so you can have the g- better potential for flowering the following year. It, daffodils, for the most part, you're going to get about eight years out of them. And uh, <sighs> Mike Miller, KMR's Garden Hotline, I will see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.